0: here's the big question. What if you had to start over from scratch and build a business with limited time and resources? Maybe the economy just pulled the rug out from under you, or you're in a business that's underperforming or a career that's going nowhere. How would you flip the switch to go from where you're at to where you want to go? A profitable business that supports your family and allows you to live the life you were meant to live. My name is Jason Liu, And each week, I'm going to bring you guests that are further down the road while documenting my own journey. Welcome to the Business of Feeling Good. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Business of Feeling Good. I am Jason Liu, and I'm joined today by an incredible guest. Um, I'm pumped for you guys to get into his content to hear kind of the wisdom and the knowledge that this gentleman has. Um, but Chris Stapleton, I've had the honor of knowing now for a handful of years. Um, I've seen him really as a marketing maven. He's got killer content. We're going to get a little bit into copy. We're going to talk a lot about kind of what him and his business partners are creating right now around Facebook groups. The killer thing right now is that Chris and his business partners just had two back-to-back 100k months which is killer dude right in the middle of the pandemic middle of everything so anyone that's thinking i can't do it or what do i do during self-isolation these guys are crushing it right now so chris stapleton thanks for taking the time to hang out man
1: appreciate you brother thanks a lot uh jason thanks for having me on i've always appreciated you and, and respected you as a leader so happy to have uh some time
0: together and
1: serve your audience good to have thanks, good to have you. Um, with me today, man.
0: So I want to take things kind of just relevant and we'll riff depending on where it goes today. But uh, I just saw you throw out a post today around short-term versus long-term leaders. And the one thing I'll say about your content is your writing has always been killer. And I know that was a learned skill, at least from what I've seen and heard from you. Do you mind talking a little bit about kind of where your copyright roots come from or kind of where the impetus came for kind of writing great content? Because your stuff is so slippery or so sticky. um, It really lands with people.
1: Yeah. I mean, copywriting. So let's talk about it. Cause like I feel that the two most valuable skill sets, we call them the freedom skill sets inside of our community are two things. One's leadership. The other one's copywriting, truly learning how to communicate and using your words to get people to take actions that are good for them is one of the most powerful skills in the world. I wasn't really a copywriter, you know, I didn't really, wasn't born a copywriter, like you were mentioning. I mean, even in school, like I had really bad papers that I wrote. I never got good grades really. Um, But I came across a mentor that really laid in to the power of copy. He was one of the best copywriters I've ever seen. And I became obsessed with copy about five years ago. And that's one of the tips I think we can provide you, you guys today is like lean into copy, and become obsessed with copy because copy is essentially communication. And when you can learn how to write, when you can learn how to communicate and use your words effectively, clearly, um, the world opens up. It's a powerful, powerful skill set. So, really, Jason, like I just dove into copy years ago. I, I started reading all the books, I started handwriting long form sales letters from Um, from leaders that were doing millions and millions a year, I'd actually write their highest converting sales material by hand to like really neurologically dial in like, what's the pace of their copy? What's the tempo? How do the words feel when you're writing them out? How do the sentences connect to each other? You talk about slippery copy. Uh, That was one of the biggest lessons I learned when I started handwriting really good copy because when you're handwriting something, it's like every word counts, and um, I just dove head first. I read all the best emails I can find. I, I purchased all the, high, the best books I can find on copy. One of the best books I feel everyone can start out with is a book by Joe Vitale called Hypnotic Writing. And that really helped me with my relationship with words, with language. It helped me fit, find my tempo, my rhythm. So hypnotic writing for me was a great place to start for all your listeners out there.
0: Yeah, it's a book that I think I got from you, um, maybe from Mark, but I think I got it from you in terms of picking that book up. And it's helped a ton. I can't say that my writing is that much better, but it's something that's a work in progress. Now, you mentioned two really interesting things. One being that you actually hand wrote down copy um, of great sales letters, um, great leaders doing thousands or millions of dollars in sales out there. When it comes to your own practice, and I know you guys are at a bit of more advanced stage right now, but for those that are kind of in their early stages, how do you think about copy today when it relates to content? So, a lot of people right now are trying to create content on a more day to day basis, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, something. Um, Do you batch out your content or what works for you? Because I've heard people that are like, I do all my content in one shot. And then there are people that, do it via inspiration. Um, at this point, is it a combination or how do you come up with it? It's a great question. I think that it
1: really depends on where you're at in your business and where you're at day to day. I remember in the beginning when I was working a bartending job, like, you know, five years ago, I was working a bar at a bar. I was serving rice and beans at a Mexican restaurant trying to figure out how can I make money online? Like, how can I make this work? Um, And a lot of people look at me today and it's like the 10 year overnight success story. Right. Um, But in the beginning of of my career, like I had to batch content because I was working a job. So I, I had to figure out how can I sit down in a couple hours and kind of batch out a few posts for the week or a few pieces of content. And it really worked for me. Well, some people's minds worked well in that that state, because it's almost like when you catch the inspiration, it's like keep it and like produce when you're in that state. I feel that copywriting really comes down to almost every skill that you learn and it really comes down to reps. It comes down to repetition, Um, repetition, repetition, practice, putting things out there and getting feedback. One of the beautiful things I love about social media, and we do this in our group a lot, is every single time I put out a piece of content, I can see in real time the feedback that our market, how they respond to that piece of content how they're reacting to it. Is it getting good engagement? Are people commenting around the hook and the frame that I try to delineate inside that copy, right? So over time, over years of writing, I found what works and what doesn't work. And now I can essentially sit down, write a post that used to take me 30 to 40 minutes. I can now write it in like 10, 5 to 10. And I feel like um, copy, it's really important to be, prolific over perfect. I know in the beginning I was like trying to get things perfect. I would reread the post 10 times. I would try to figure out how I can cut the fat out and make it tighter. But now it's like, I love speed in business and I'm actually making a lot more money with speed. We believe money loves speed. So I think the biggest tip for, for anyone out there that is going to be getting into copy to find their rhythm, to find their pace is number one, find out what works for you, whether that's batching or whether that's writing kind of off the cuff in a, in a moment of inspiration. But whether whatever you decide to do, put in your reps, put in your work. It's just like dribbling a basketball or shooting free throws. You just got to practice. You got to get your rhythm. You got to find your voice. And once that happens, things get really fun, really exciting. Um, but study copy, apply copy, and just get that feedback from the market. Because over time, you put out a hundred pieces of communication, a hundred pieces of content, you're gonna learn a thing or two on what works and what doesn't, you know?
0: No doubt. Um, I don't want to spend the entire time on copy because there's so much in your life. I love world. copy. You know I know, I, mean? <laughs> I know, so do I, so do I. I have one last question on the topic of copy because it's an area that at this point I can I can I can see it when it comes to people creating video content or trainings. I can determine what is a good piece of content when it comes to video versus what is bad. But in my early understanding of copy and writing, I feel like one of the first things I look for is how to determine what is good copy or good writing and what is bad writing. Mm. So my question, you touched on this really briefly is you looked at in real time, what your feedback is, but how do you determine? Because it's not always about what the engagement metrics are. Right. How do you personally, is there a gut feeling or is there like a, I got the response, I, I want it? Or how do you determine whether a piece or of content or copy works or doesn't work? great question so there's there's two main outcomes
1: of a piece of copy, typically, right, like one is to like ring the cash register let's let's make some money, so a lot of times if it's like a promotional piece in sales, I can see okay, how much money did this piece of copy make, or the what are the preconditions of a sale? Maybe it was like register for a webinar or maybe it was you know click this link to go here, whatever the call to action was in that piece of copy you'll get a very clear picture on if that piece of copy worked or not, depending on what your call to action was, right? And then there's other pieces of copy where it's less call to action and it's more value-based. We're gonna talk probably about Facebook groups at some point today. My main hub of copy is inside of our group. We like to treat it like an email list in full color where we can actually see the feedback of our readers and subscribers inside of the group in real time. You saw the post inside of our group, right? That was a pure value give, a piece of copy that was designed to deliver value to our target audience. I feel that it did a good job of that based on the 20 or 30 comments that happened right in in like the first hour or so. So that determined, okay, this was a good piece of copy. Now what I can do is since this was a free piece of copy, there's no call to action how can I take a hook or a frame or a piece of value from this piece of copy and maybe spin it into my sales material down the road? So I'm always trying to figure out putting, connecting the dots with different posts, different things, and just finding out what works. That's a big part of copy is just finding out what works in your market with your avatar, with the problems you're solving and kind of make and course correct along the way. But Number one, it's like, did it make money if it's a call to action? Did, did the call to action convert? If it didn't, we might want to look at that copy and make some adjustments. And then number two, if it's a value post, if people liking it, if they're loving it, if obviously the engagement's good and the value's good, that piece of content can maybe be weaved into a piece of sales material down the road because it did hit the hearts
0: of our audience. I love that, Um, and I think there's so much to be pulled out of that as well, Uh, and I want to get into kind of Facebook's groups, because if anyone knows you these days, especially in the space, and there's a lot of people following both you and Landon and Jaden right now in regards to what you're creating, do you mind catching people up in regards to kind of what this new phase, these past really year and a half, two years have looked like um, when it comes to Facebook groups? Absolutely. I mean,
1: the world's changing fast right now. Um, and the the platforms that we're playing on when it comes to business are in massive, in a massive shift. What you're going to start finding is that in, in history, when you look at marketing, when you look at the way the market works, especially when it comes to different marketing platforms, things change. There's doors that open and then there's doors that close. If you're around, around 2008, 2009, 2010, a lot of direct response marketers, a lot of the, the classic, like the grandfathers of direct response, they would call that the gold rush of Google ads. That literally, if you were in a network marketing company, if you had an offer a product, you can literally place an ad on Google in 2008 and 2009 and print money. It was a true gold rush opportunity because it was new, because it was fresh, and it was a new modality to serve the market. Well, since that door has Close, right? I mean, Google ads is still running. You're not printing money anymore like you it, like it used to on Google ads. You have to be very good with direct response. There's obviously more red tape. There's more compliance. There's more things like that. Well, what's happening now is there's a new door that's opened around the world of social media. And if you look at entrepreneurship as a whole, when it comes to marketing, there's a really kind of big epidemic happening when it comes to attention, right? It almost feels like 10 years ago to be an entrepreneur to succeed or 20 years ago, it's like you really had to figure things out. You really, you didn't have a ton of resources like you have today, but now it's like anyone with a smartphone, they can throw on a hoodie. I know Gary Vee said this. It's like any kid with a smartphone can essentially be a social media influencer, right? They can start a business. It's it's the easiest time in history to start a business. So what's happening? attention spans are going down. And to keep attention as an entrepreneur is a major problem in the space. So what we found, and Mark Zuckerberg actually cracked this code, um, what they've actually found when it comes to Facebook groups is they've released studies uh, just recently, scientifically backed studies, that people are scientifically happier inside of groups. They're spending more time inside of groups than they are inside the newsfeed. They're finding that people, there's trends that are happening on Facebook where their users are now spending more time inside of groups than they are on the generic newsfeed because the content's more refined. They're spending time enjoying topics that they they want to learn more of. They know, like, and trust some of those authorities in those groups. And then the newsfeed is just kind of random street corner Manhattan kind of thing. Like, it's fun. Like You see some crazy stuff every once in a while, but the groups are where the real audiences are beginning to be cultivated. So what has Mark Zuckerberg decided to do? He just came out in an F8 conference uh, recently on stage in California, and he announced that Facebook's new mission as a company is to make groups just as central as your friends. So what you're going to start to notice is that the the platform on your phone, the actual app on your phone, is going to start modifying towards groups. You've actually... Unlocked a group news feed now. You're going to notice that there's going to be more groups um, post inside of your generic news feed. You're also going to see radio ads. You're going to see television ads. For those who watched the Super Bowl last year, they did a $30 million, it was like 20 seconds long, Facebook group commercial. So a lot of Facebook's energy development marketing dollars are going into expanding that group side of Facebook. And they just recently changed like the tagline of Facebook is literally went from connection to community. Okay. So there is a massive trend. We see the trend and that's why two years ago um, we decided to go all in on groups because the old modalities of the way we used to market where it's like, let's drive everyone to an automated webinar. Let's drive everyone to an automated sales letter and cross our fingers that they buy on the first exposure. And then maybe we can follow up with them on email if they open up those But now it's like we're inviting people into our community, into a group where we're treating it as like an ecosystem. I use the term, we're using our group almost like the new list, right? Just like Google Ads kind of came and went, and now there's new opportunity. What we're looking at as groups now is 10 years ago, everyone's like, build the email list, build the email list. It's all about the relationship with your email list. We still do email. But we're supplementing it with our group, and now we're treating our group as the new list. We're looking at our group as like the new beacon for our community to really cultivate those relationships, to provide value, to keep their attention, to build that trust, and then open up opportunities to join our programs.
0: Let's dive into groups here because you guys cool. have um, really built a name and a brand around your communities in teaching people how to have profitable Facebook groups. Um, And you guys have done them with staggering numbers. And I mean, staggering, I mean, small communities, high engagement, and then high profit returns. Um, Can you talk a little bit about uh, kind of, I don't know, falling into this, I shouldn't say falling into this space because it seemed really intentional and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But Mm. talking about why entrepreneurs or let's say someone right now in this audience doesn't have a Facebook group, where do they start? And, you know, I have a lot of people that even my own fears, when I first came a part of the community, that was a lot around, will I be able to attract an audience to my Facebook community if I start one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, Here's the deal. Not all groups are created equal. It does not your the size of your group does not determine the red the revenue of your group. I mean, if you look at our group, we know people out there right now that have groups of fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people in their group, and they they can barely afford groceries. You know what I mean? Then we know people that under like we have some of our clients under a thousand members making twenty, thirty grand a month. Right now, our community has about three thousand members, and and we just crossed you know one hundred thousand dollars. Or one hundred ten thousand dollars as of this morning, with ten days left in the month. About so, it's all about number one. If you want to start a group, you have to really lean in to a long term vision for what you want as a leader, as the as an impact that you want to provide in the world, and understand that the second most valuable skill set besides copywriting is leadership. And one of the fastest ways for you to build that authority. And to separate yourself from so many competitors and to really serve and impact your clients at a high level is starting a community, is starting a Facebook group. So my first challenge to everyone listening on this call if you're toying with a group is shift your belief on what a group can do for you. It's much bigger than a than a group for us, right? Not only is it providing incredible revenue streams for us, but it's we've found some of our best friends through our group we've we've hired half of our staff through our facebook group we're impacting so many people that don't buy our products because of the training inside of the group so really what i want what we like to do with a lot of people coming into the group world is expand your vision on number one what's possible because you need to sell yourself that this is a long term play we like working with people that not just want to make money with their group, but truly want to have a big impact on the world. And that for me or for the, for for people that are going to going into groups gives them an unfair advantage in the market. It gives them a, it gives them an edge. Okay. So number one, buy into the value and the vision for what a group can become for you. Um, Now, when it comes to groups, some of you have audiences, some of you are, are kind of starting from scratch, what we highly recommend is launching your new group to your world, to your network. We do that by launching it literally on Facebook. We do a little announcement on Instagram. If you have an email list, you can promote that, uh, the group to your to your email list there. And essentially, you wanna do kind of a launch to your group to get your first initial you know, 20, 30, 50, 100. We have some of our clients launched you know, to a few hundred people in the first few days. And overnight, you, you can literally have a community of people that lean into what you have to teach, um, that lean into the problems that you help solve. And things can happen fairly quickly. You do not have to wait for this. This isn't something that you have to think about and toy about. You can literally have a group started in a few days and waking up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this, Jason and all your listeners, there's a world and there's a business before we started our Facebook group, and there's a world and a business after. And I'm telling you, after you have a group things just get more exciting. There's just, there's more energy, there's more electricity in the air, there's, there's more opportunity, there's more conversations. You're, the ability for you to see your market and be able to, again, get feedback to figure out and pinpoint their problems. You can see their questions in the group, you can answer them in real time. You want to learn your marketplace? Start a group and pay attention, because it's like you're putting your, your, your perfect dream clients inside of a, like a fish tank where you can look and observe and see what, what, they need, what their needs are, what their questions are. And it's really helped us refine our coaching programs. It's really helped us refine our marketing when it comes to even paid ads and when it comes to um, outreach. We know our market because we are in a world with them. We're not just like throwing them into an email list, crossing our fingers and hoping they buy. It's like we're we're in it with the long run for them. Does that make sense?
0: It does, and I love the fact that you you literally know their problems before they know them. Um, you right. know what they're looking at. You know what they're reading. Um, you know where they like to hang out. What they're doing on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and you guys have become such savants of uh, of understanding your ideal target audience. I want to back it up one second because yeah. there's a lot of people that are listening to this uh, to this podcast that want to get into entrepreneurship. Maybe they've dabbled with it, maybe they've messed with it. But one of the questions that keeps coming back up right now is, what if I don't know what my thing is? What if I don't know my niche? What if I'm not sure who my ideal target is? Um, When you guys were making your way into the space of Facebook, did you come at it from, I'm going to build an audience first, or did you come at it from, I know what my niche and uh who my what I'm gonna sell is first. Like what was the kind of hor- uh horse and buggy? Like what came first in regards to that? Or how do you recommend people to come about um looking at it? Because I think a lot of people stop, myself included, at the I don't know what my niche is yet.
1: Right, right. This is good questions. You're a good you're a really good interviewer. Um so obviously Going down the path of entrepreneurship is a very sacred, it's a very personal journey um, that you really need to discover. And that's one of the beautiful things I love about entrepreneurship because what it's forced me to do and, and our business partners is really put a mirror in front of ourselves, right? It spotlights your challenges, it shows you what your weaknesses are, it shows you what your strengths are. And entrepreneurship is, I just feel it's the ultimate personal development journey, right? And I feel that when somebody's kind of toiling with a niche, there's a lot of times there's like passions and there's things that they're aligned with. Whatever you kind of find your mind thinking about in your spare time, wherever your passions are, your hobbies are, whatever, whatever you're good at, your skill sets are, I would recommend doing the best you can to have them fall into like the three to four big niches that you can really build a business on top of, right? One is money, right? Like helping people in business, helping people make money is a very popular, very profitable niche. Number two, relationships, right? Love, like that's a huge niche. We have tons of clients where we help, uh, that we help them serve their clients with toxic relationships, finding the love of their life, dating, all that. Another great niche is um, health. Right, health and wellness. Um, a lot of people want to get in shape. A lot of people want to eat better. Or they want to feel better. Uh, there's also the spiritual realm. A lot of people that we help in, like spiritual teachers and healers and things like that. So, between those three or four, if you can really pinpoint your strengths into those, those markets are expanding. Those markets are incredibly profitable. And of course, you can niche down and, and do your thing, but that's what I would recommend to everyone listening: is to find kind of the, your skill sets and pocket them into to three or four of those those big niches. Um, and with us, this is a really good question because we knew we gravitated toward business. For those who don't know, I cut my teeth on network marketing for many, many years in the beginning of my stages, and and. In that network marketing experience, I learned so much about who I was, about leadership, about money, about sales, marketing. I learned so much. And network marketing really chiseled me into like the person I am today. Even though we're not necessarily in the network marketing space anymore, I have a lot of respect for that industry. So right before we started our Facebook group, we knew that we were going to be in the, in, the, in the make money niche. We were going to help people make money with our coaching programs, but this is where it gets interesting. When we first started our Facebook group, me and Landon Stewart, my business partner, we were actually working for a network marketing company as executives on their board of directors. So we were actually working behind the scenes with the network marketing company, helping them with their onboarding processes, helping them lower refund rates, helping them design sales funnels and processes. And uh, we did that very successfully. But at the time when we started the group, Jason, like we didn't really have a product to sell because we weren't selling products. We were working as on a salary for the network marketing company behind the scenes. But me and Landon started to see the value of building an audience early. We actually started to see the trends of Facebook groups about two years ago and we went all in and we started a group. And what was interesting is we didn't really have anything to sell But we went live in there and we taught things and we wrote posts on what we were learning as uh, executives. We wrote, we shared value on copy. We shared value on leadership. And before we knew it, we started having 10, 20, 30, 40 people a week attending our live streams, right? Well, what happened was we didn't sell anything in that group for over a year straight a year we weren't selling anything in that group but we liked it we enjoyed it we we used it as like a um a bouncing map for our ideas we we used it for a good feedback center to to find out what people were learning and it was helping us become better communicators it was helping us delineate ideas and write and communicate on camera and we just knew it was going to be good Um, eventually things were going to pay off. Well, what happened was, is we ended up um, that relationship with the network marketing company as executives came to an end. And then we decided, okay, let's create our own programs. And literally we went into that group after a year of providing value for free, learning our audience, and we decided to craft our first ever offer. And we did a big launch. I think we did like 30K on that very first launch. And then from there, it's like, okay, wow, we've got something here. Like, Groups are a true um, a true platform to sell it's a real platform to cultivate leads and to bring in revenue. so we decided from there it's like this group might be bigger than we think so that's when we started to scale the group that 's when we really started to build systems, refine processes, and treat our group as the new sales funnel, just like we used to do a few years ago. we were like let 's Turk take all our core principles we we learned in sales and marketing. And let's build it into the infrastructure of a Facebook group. And let's design this thing to serve our leads and pump out high-paying clients, like high-valued, our dream clients in a way. And over the last two years, we've took that group from, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Now we're at over 100000 a month. And our next goal is the two hundred K mark.
0: So I want to... Um... And by the way, congratulations, because it really is such an incredibly curated experience. So if you guys haven't had a chance or want to go find um, Chris and Landon and their communities, we'll make sure that we link everything in the show notes today. Go see what they're doing, because it's an incredible experience. And I think that you might think you have an idea of what a Facebook group is about, but when you get into theirs, it's a totally different experience. Um, Where I want to take it for just a second, because I think it was such a gutsy move was to go from, you guys had a big group prior to clients and communities, and then you kind of threw down the hatchet and would do what I think most people would consider like business suicide and like start again. Um, can you talk about a why you did that? Or for people that maybe haven't followed the journey, kind of, you went from a group that was what, almost 20,000? 18,000. 18,000 people. And then you went down to zero. Right. The so why, why did you do that? <laughs> you know, this is a nuanced
1: question. And, and I think um, let's talk about it because it's a, it's a valuable discussion. It's not for everybody. You know, it's not something that we would necessarily recommend for everybody, but here's why. We got to a point where we built up this big group of 18,000 people. We were serving them. Um, we had ideas on like the market that we were going to serve. And it kind of tailors to your last question, Jason, on um, finding your niche, right? And sometimes it's okay to make slight pivots in that that niche or slight adjustments to that. So we got to a point where the first group we started was a group called Social Media Entrepreneurs. We built it up to 18,000 people. And we had this vision to help people on social media, like how to write good copy, how to take great pictures, how to communicate as a a leader on social media, how to build authority. And we did that. We got it up to about 20000 30000 a month, but our vision really started to crack open. Our vision really started to lean in to, look, we're teaching people social media on like a generic scale, but like the best clients that we found through that entire experience was the coaches and the course creators, like the service providers, the people that were truly crafting programs and offers to serve specific problems like in relationships and health and money right the big niches so we just decided like instead of teaching people generic social media and kind of like the beginners we had a lot of people in there like how do i start a fan page and like how do i make a do a live stream like really basic stuff we said okay let's make a slight pivot what's been working for us tremendously well was Facebook groups, like we were crushing groups, and we were the only ones in the world teaching it at such a high level. So you know, what we decided to do, instead of like revamping this group, we gave ourselves a challenge. And we told all of our clients, we are going to start teaching Facebook groups at one of the highest levels that the internet has ever seen. We studied all the people out there that were teaching groups, and we had processes that would blow them out of the water. So what we decided to do was say, you know what, we're not going to teach social media generic anymore. We're going to go all in on teaching coaches and course creators how to blow up profitable Facebook groups and how to build thriving communities. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to start from scratch, from zero, and we're going to hit a hundred K a month in 90 days and watch us do it. Watch us document the whole process watch what we do from zero members to the first hundred, to the first 500, to the first thousand. And we actually treated this as a very high level case study inside of our paid coaching program because we wanted to shift the beliefs of what was possible with groups to not only our paid clients, but even the people that follow us on social media in general. So we took the plunge. We took, um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, Jason, was around email list. And what we did was we were collecting emails from all the from thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming into our groups. It's actually a very important strategy that we teach. Um, and we did develop technology to collect the email addresses from all our new members that submit them in the approval process. There's questions when you join a group. And we developed technology to collect the email question and put it inside of our autoresponder so we can follow up with them. There's a whole strategy that, that we use email to kind of supercharge our group for. So what we did is we made a big announcement in our group of 18,000 people and said, we're starting a new group. We're going from zero to 100K in 90 days. Watch us do it. And then we just essentially dipped. We, 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 we took a few people from that group. We put them over to the new group. We invited those over. And then we hit our email list that we were collecting and really building that asset over the last few years. And we said, everyone on the email list, if you're a coach and course creator and you want to master Facebook groups and build profitable communities, join our new Facebook group. And in the first, I think day or two, we had about three to 400 people join that group. And overnight, we had a new community that we started cultivating, um, that we started crafting offers for. And literally with a couple of days left, we went from zero, which uh, zero members, zero revenue in January to having our first hundred thousand dollar a month in April. So just about ninety days, a little less than ninety days, we did a hundred thousand dollars a month.
0: Gnarly, bro. That's gnarly. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, and the ahead. big lesson there too, I'll just
0: layer on Please. is
1: like building that real asset, building that email list, because people might think like, How do I start a group or how do I launch a group? That one of the first questions you asked the best way to do it is just launch it to your existing network launch it to your to your email list launch it to your um your facebook profile your instagram or your linkedin now people that may not have an audience right away it's okay we'll show you how to grow groups like it's not there's organic ways there's paid methods but it's very important when you start building groups or your group is to collect that email address because that email address is kind of like that that safeguard that that asset that you can put in your back pocket that you can launch a new group in the future if you want to make a pivot or that you can promote in a promotion uh, a promote a promo cycle or a big announcement or things like that so definitely build that email list alongside your group members and we like to call it's like the double lead you know we've got them on facebook in the group and then we've also got them in email and when you can show up in both of those mediums in the group and email, you become much more omnipresent and much more authoritative.
0: I love it. I love that you guys, I think that the term I heard you guys use in the, the client community was like strapping booster rockets on the uh, exactly. like the, the, the extra ones on there. Exactly. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, and we can definitely come back to groups if there's something else you want to touch on there. What, I'm, I'm curious about kind of this journey, because this is not first rodeos for you guys in regards to business. You guys have built a couple businesses prior to this. You guys were, um, I want to say mentees um, under a great marketer that was out there as well. You've cut your teeth in a lot of different areas. What I find interesting and what's incredible to watch you guys create right now is that sometimes when success starts to hit individuals, and it happened to me very early on in entrepreneurship, is you hit a certain income goal and you get really satisfied or the growth stops happening because the goal was money. Um, I'm curious on this journey, what keeps you guys going? Because a lot of people can look at, Oh my gosh, you know, hundred thousand dollars in a month. That's insane. Like that's super cool. Like what drives you guys to keep getting better at your craft? Um, and what have you learned if it has happened to you in the past in regards to Hitting that kind of stagnation once things are like, oh, like I've got an audience or I've got money for the first time. Um, I don't know if that's applied to you or, or if, if this question even applies to you. It's a powerful question. You know, the entrepreneur's
1: journey, like I said, is just—it's one of the most sacred experiences you can ever go through. Learning so much about yourself, so much about what drives you, so much about what stops you. And I—I I feel that the whys and like what really pushes us. Changes with the seasons, you know. Like in the beginning of my my career, in the very very beginning, when I was working at a bar, I literally just wanted to pay rent. Like that was my big drive. Was like I just want to be able to quit my job and support myself and pay rent and pay my car insurance and pay my phone bills. Once I did that, it was like okay, wow. Like what's next? What 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 else is out there? And then once I started actually making a little more, like I had my first ten thousand dollar month, right? This is, a, this, was, this is a really unique story. I remember actually having my first $30,000 a month, right? And I was so excited. It was the first time I ever made that much money. Coming off literally 90 days after I quit my job, I made $30,000 in a month. And I used to make 20000 a year as a bartender, or 30000 a year. So I made my monthly income became my, or my yearly income that I used to experience became my monthly income. And I remember this, and this is a Mark Hoverson story. You might have heard this, Jason, but I remember calling my mom and like so excited. I'm like, I, I'm gonna be okay. I, I remember starting to feel the stress melt off my face a little bit. I remember um, looking at my bank account, open it up and look at my bank account. And I was like, I have, you know, $40,000 in my bank account. So it, was the, it was a cool feeling. But then I was like, what am I gonna do with this money, right? And I started thinking about, I'm going to pay off some debt. I'm going to reinvest this back and I'm going to pay my parents back. All of a sudden I had all of these ways to like spend the money. And then Mark called me one day, uh, Mark Hoverson, who's our late mentor. I don't know. He's been had a big impact on you too. And he said, all right, Chris, like you made 30 K. It's like, what's your plan with the money? And I was like, oh, dude, I've got it all mapped out. I'm going to do, I'm going to pay my parents back. I'm going to pay off my credit card debt. I'm going to reinvest some of that back into my business, blah, 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 blah. And like, by the end of it, I was like, Mark just was still on the call. He didn't say a word. And he's like, so you're trying to get back to zero as fast as you can, huh? And I was like, what? And he's like, You've been so programmed to live with $2,000 in your bank account for so long that you're actually trying to get back to zero as fast as you can because you're you're not comfortable with what $30,000 to $40,000 feels like in your bank account right now. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I was nervous. I was scared. I didn't know what it felt like to have $30,000 in my bank account. And this was one of the biggest lessons I ever had around the conversation with money and drive. And Mark said, Chris, you gotta let your money breathe for a second. You've gotta let your biology readjust here. You've gotta just, you've gotta become a person that $30,000 in your bank account is the new baseline. Don't spend a single penny of that money. Let it breathe for a couple weeks and then start making educated decisions on where you wanna reinvest. But you've gotta dial in your new set point because we all have set points. And at that moment in time, I really started to think about my life differently, my business differently, my money, like why am I in this to begin with? And in the beginning stages, it's very naturally to have money as a driver. And I'm okay with that. I honor that. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. But eventually you'll get to a point where you have enough money, you're making enough money to where for me, a lot of the drive lately has come from the impact that we're seeing not only with our clients, but for like the people on our team. Like we have now it's like, my big why is like seeing um, one of our sales guys being able to quit their job. And now we're supporting them and their family. We have a client success director in our company that just walked away from his corporate career, Justin Poulet. He was working at a corporate career for eight years and now he's like working full time with us. We're paying all of his bills, we're supporting all of his children, his family, his wife, like we're putting food on that table, and that to me like brings tears to my eyes now now the money is is a, it's a it's a fun goal it's a big goal, and we like setting big goals for ourselves because of those challenges, but right now, I would feel if, if asking this question, it has pivoted a little less by like just trying to make a ton of money to really like what do we want to be remembered for? What do how are we impacting our clients? Like I really get I'm getting excited. I get more excited now when somebody goes into the ClickFunnels group on Facebook and asks, like, hey guys, I really want to start a Facebook group, like who's the best in the world at groups? And they tag me and land in. That gets me actually more excited of like really carving out our purpose and our authority and like finding the like those impact centers in the world where we can just serve. And like, I know there's a lady inside of our community that's making $84,000 a month. She's 65 years old. And we helped her go from $2,000 a month when she found us about five to six months ago, she was making $2,000 a month in the real estate niche. She just let me and Landon know that she did $84,000. That brought tears to my eyes. I was actually more excited with, for Cindy's 84K than our first 100K month. So that to me is showing me that my drive and my purpose has slightly shifted and it's okay. And I don't know where my next drive is gonna be. Maybe it's philanthropy, I don't know. But right now it's really leaned into the impact and the and the way we're impacting not only the clients, but our team and just the people around us. Becoming multipliers for people, you know?
0: I love what you said there. Um, and I've heard that, I've heard your Mark story before, but every time you say it, it hits home um, because it really is such a great learning experience. I'd never ha- I've never heard that advice from anywhere else, to right. it and let it breathe. That was so right. good. Yeah.
1: Because we got to have our new set points because we're just human beings. We're, we have these habits. We have these hardwired neurological set points when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our health, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our weight. Our nutrition, there's all set points, right? So what we found with a lot of our clients, and just people in general, is like we see all these people come in, they plug into a great system, they start making money, and then we we'll check in with them a few months later, and they've lost it all, or they they're starting from scratch again. It's because they didn't let their set point adjust, and it's just like a thermostat, right? You got your temperature set, it's set at seventy five, but you open the door in your back door, and it goes up to eighty. Maybe it goes up to 85, but it always comes back to 75, right? So like, you, for, for you to adjust your temperature, your set point financially, and in every area of your life, sometimes you just got to let it breathe. You got to let the temperature fill up the room. You've got to let that adjust to, to get that new thermostat, that new set point. And now it's like, looking back at that, like I've never had under $30,000 in my bank account you know what I mean? It was, and that was a big part of Mark, Mark Hoverson and his mentorship with us and, and how much he's impacted our lives, you know?
0: Let's, let's talk a little bit about mentorship in general, because one thing I've always known from both you and Landon, Jaden as well, is that you've always invested back into leader or into mentorship and leadership, because I think there's a lot of people that look at, Oh, I'm just going to do it myself or I'll just figure it out on my own, which is not a bad attitude necessarily. It's a great attitude for an entrepreneur, but I heard someone once say that um, the cost of mentorship is like the price you pay to do business. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this thing that, you know, you always are increasing your learning curve. Um, do you kind of, do you mind talking a little bit about, cause you guys made a pretty hefty investment by a lot of people's standards, but it may not feel that that weightiness, that that heavy now. Um, but you guys invested heavily this year when you didn't have those 100K months. Right, no, this is such a great podcast um, because like we were literally
1: 10 to 15 minutes ago before we jumped on, I was literally, we were just talking about this exact conversation. And Jim Rohn always says, I know you're a big Jim Rohn fan. He always says like there's seasons to life, there's seasons to business. And in the beginning stages of our company, we were trying to figure out everything on our own and we did, and, and it was hard and it took time and we figured it out. And there's pros and cons to that model. I feel like when it comes to mentorship, there's a cost of the mentorship, right? There's a cost, like an actual price tag on the mentorship. And then there's the cost of inaction. So like there's the cost of the purchase and then there's the cost of not. Purchasing, and a lot of times the cost of not purchasing mentorship comes with not only money that you could have made, but a lot of time, a lot of sweat equity, a lot of opportunity cost. Um, and sometimes those, a lot of times those outweigh things. But in the beginning, it's like sometimes you just have more time than money. Sometimes you just got to figure things out on their own. But I am telling you this: as soon as you can get creative with funding a mentor, finding a mentor, whether you can just pay for a mentor or you can get creative with a credit card. Like I built my entire business off credit cards. You know what I mean? I love being able to live in a country that provides credit. It's one of the most beautiful things about our country is the ability to get credit and for them to take a risk on you to go build your dream. It's amazing. And uh, I believe in OPM, other people's money, starting off. But sometimes that can't work. So it's like, sometimes you got to figure it out. But here's my, I'm leaning into this hard. If you can hire a mentor for your specific niche or for your specific problem on what you need, 100%, 1000% do it. It's going to save you so much time. It's going to save you so much energy. It's going to help supercharge your baseline ideas already because those ideas are, are already going to be there. It's going to help supercharge everything that you've got going and more and now so if you rewind like two years ago it was me landon how can we solve this problem that was the question that we kept asking ourselves when we didn't have a lot of money how can we solve this problem not even a lot of money just we weren't thinking like this we were we were kind of in the beginning stages of building a company now what do you know what the question is what's the question who can we hire to solve this problem now who can we hire to solve this problem now. That is our core question. And the last I would say the reason why we're growing so exponentially quickly isn't on the backs of me and Landon, it's on the backs of the people that we're hiring to solve our biggest problems. We hired um mentors. It was like $25,000, right? And in December just the you know 4 or 5 months ago, 6 months ago we hired them. We've hired um we needed a sales team. So we were like, who can we hire to solve this problem? We hired an agency to bring on two A player rock stars onto our sales team. We wanted to build out a referral program earlier this week. Me and Landon were like, already on that old track of our mind. Like, okay, let's build it out. We're really good with affiliates, so we could probably build referral programs. All of a sudden, we stopped and we're like, wait a minute, who can we hire for this? We found one of the best guys in the world around installing referral programs into our coaching services. And we hired him yesterday. The reason we're growing so fast right now is because of this conversation around mentorship. It's hiring out our weaknesses and it's hiring out our problems. And for us, it's been one of the biggest uh, aha moments. I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is the conversations that we're having behind closed doors with our clients right now. These are the conversations we're having behind closed doors with our like ex- our executives on our company. like this is such a hack to life it's beautiful. And it's great. It's so interesting that you asked that because we just literally talked about it 20 minutes ago, me and Landon, we hire for our problems now.
0: I think it's such a beautiful answer. And it's something that has been new to me, but it's it makes so much sense in the sense that you it allows you to work in people calling it your zone of genius. It allows you to yes. work in that space where no one can replace the work that you do, um, but they can replace what they're good at. Um
1: Yes, man. It's it's helped us do what we do best. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really a sales guy. Like I, I, I appreciate sales. I've I've done a lot of sales calls, but I like marketing. I like creating content like that post this morning. I like working with the people and, and telling stories and, and helping our clients think bigger. And that's, that's my role. And I can't do that if I'm trying to fix all these things that I'm not an expert in. And uh, it's just, it's so awesome. Like and this whole referral program thing, it would have taken me and Landon like two to three weeks and it would have been half as good as what he's been showing us now that we're working with them. And it's just like, gosh, gosh, like we are just, it's like, the ability to just drop a, f- a few thousand dollars on a mentor is literally going to make that ten x back a hundred x back like it's it 's unbelievable the, the return on investment on on a good
0: mentor you know dude i can 't thank you enough for paving the way not only as a mentor to me but also as just being able to watch someone go through the process because it's su- it 's been such a great learning experience to watch you cut your teeth with mark in network marketing but more importantly the wins and the months and the way that you treat it. Um, cause it's like you said, it really is. It's this higher calling to be an entrepreneur. It's really this emotional journey that you go through. Um, yeah. you've been such a great guide. Um, so I want to acknowledge you for that. I appreciate, appreciate
1: you. I still, I still have the book that you sent me, which means a lot, man. I mean, it's, it's cool. Like you've been, you've seen this journey unpack, right? I don't remember if, if you necessarily saw me when I was working the bartending job, but I appreciate your support. I appreciate your leadership and showing up in my life. And uh, I love that book you sent me. That um, It was... Um,
0: it was Jay Abraham?
1: Jay Abraham. Yeah. It was just a gold book. You wrote a little letter in it. And to this day, it's, it's like one of my top books. It's right here on my bookshelf. It's making something out of everything. What was the title? You should know lot. it. I'm like praising it right now. <laughs> Um, but just phenomenal. So I want to appreciate you and I'm grateful for you too, bro.
0: Yeah, brother. Well, um, as we wrap up here, where can people come find you? What's the best way to either come find the group, come find you? Um, Yeah. Where can they find you?
1: Go to Facebook and go to the search bar and just type in clients and community. Um, Use the and symbol, the little I don't know what you call that little and symbol, but if you type in clients community on Facebook, we should have our group right at the top of the search engine. Um, I'm Chris Stapleton on Facebook. You can always hit me there, but Facebook's our world. It's where we live and play every single day. And uh, we do live streams in there every week. We do a lot of value posts and things like that. So if you want to learn more, Facebook's the best route, man.
0: Well, dude, I'm grateful for the time. Thank you for the insights, the vulnerability, Um Peeling back the curtain a little bit and allowing us to see behind the scenes here, um, I just want to thank you and uh, acknowledge you, my friend. Any last words? Anything else you want to throw in there? Again, just a big thanks.
1: I, I feel that um, you know there's a lot of things we discussed today. We talked about copy, we talked about Facebook groups, um, set points, mentorship. I feel if you're listening to this right now and you're in the beginning stages and you're an entrepreneur and you have big dreams, I'm telling you, just stay with it. I know it sounds so so cliche, but like, I am the poster child for the 10 year success story. Meaning like I struggled for, for a long time. I didn't make a lot of money in the beginning of my network marketing journey, but I was learning a lot. I was leaning into the process and I was trusting the process and I was patient, you know, and I stuck around people like you, um, jason in the beginning and just like stuck with my the people that i knew were on the path i wanted to be on and i never quit i should have quit probably 20 times through a lot of different challenges and things like that but i stayed the path i continued to believe in myself i continued to surround myself with great people and literally i mean i went from making 2000 a month to 10 to 30 almost in about 90 days and it, my whole life changed so quickly and uh, part of that, I believe is just that compounding effect where the, the universe, God, whoever you believe in as like a source just said, okay, like you've done it. You've done the work. Like you didn't quit. Like the floodgates open up and they open up fast. And if you don't see that yet, and if you're right around the corner from that, and I'm just saying like, stick with it. It's worth the years of work. It's worth the years of, of, of figuring things out and your whole life can change and you'll look back one day and just laugh at uh, some of the things and the stories and some of the experiences you you had to go through to get where you are but it's all worth it it's all worth it
0: couldn't have said it better myself homie well, on that note, you're the first guest where I didn't have to do a recap of the episode. It was already nice. done like a trainer. <laughs> um, so man, thanks again. Please go out there and find Chris Stapleton on uh, the Facebooks or the Instagrams. Definitely get into clients and communities, um, but search him out, find his content. And if you guys got something out of today, take a screenshot and tell like on, like on, right in there, what did you get out of this conversation? Was yes. it set points was it um you know thermostats what was it for you that you really took away from this because that's the value that you can give back to chris to thank him for the today's time so again my friend I'll be reading them all right so we appreciate it my friend and we will see you on the other side cheers awesome Thanks again. I hope you guys grab some great value out of today's conversation. If you wanna further the conversation, I'd love to meet you personally. We've got a free Facebook community that you can dive into, free content, more resources, and I do lives every single week where I get a chance to interact with you and help coach you on exactly what you need. If you wanna find it, you can find us at The Business of Feeling Good or you can search the hashtag B-O-F-G. Again, that's hashtag B-O-F-G. If you like this episode, please share it. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments, your reviews truly mean so much to me. It's the lifeblood of what keeps me going and it's how I craft the content that's better gonna impact you. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Until then, cheers.